You're listening to the podcast of Church of the Holy Cross in Popper Bluff, Missouri, a community of faith learning to do life together in the goodness of God. For more information, you can find us online at holycrosspb.org. name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. I was so happy that we were going to get to sing actually in church today and then they came out and said oh you have to wear masks. I had not envisioned how hard it would be to not only get the breath to sing but also to read the words of the hymn with bifocals and with your mask fogging up the bottom part of your glasses. That was that's an adventure. Now you may have noticed that Kim and I were not here last Sunday. Don't worry, we were in church. We were at St. Martin's Episcopal Church in Ellisville. We were there because our friend Shug Goodlow, the former head verger at Christ Church Cathedral, was officiating at her first Eucharist as celebrant. She was ordained to the priesthood the afternoon before by our bishop and we were honored to have been invited to the ordination. It was a wonderful, blessed occasion. You may ask why I'm mentioning this today. It's not to give you a list of where I've been or to make an excuse for not being here or who I've seen lately. The reason I'm using this as the opening to my sermon is that there is an affirmation that our bishop used at the beginning of the ordination. It's not a part of the ordination liturgy as it appears in the prayer book, but I thought it was just as appropriate for an ordination. There is one body and one spirit. There is one hope in God's call to us, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all. The words are taken directly from today's epistle reading. It's no coincidence that we use these words in the liturgies for baptism and confirmation. I was happy to hear them extended to ordination because they speak so powerfully to the oneness that we are to enjoy in Christ. And it points to something that is extremely important that we are all called to something. We are each unique with different callings, yet we all do have calls. Some are called to the ordained ministry to be deacons, priests, and bishops. We make a lot of the calling to the ordained ministry, and rightly so, but we make a terrible mistake if we consider that ordination is the only call God gives. I can personally attest that this is not so. My becoming a Dominican friar is certainly a calling from God, one that I have spent the last four years discerning. With God's grace, I will make my life profession this coming Thursday evening 
at the Episcopal Cathedral of St. John the Baptist in San Juan, Puerto Rico. The call to the religious life is different from the call to ordination, but it is every bit as valid a call. It's just different. I have ordained clergy friends in this diocese and others, and they are praying for me and rejoicing with me. They know how it feels to have found your calling and come to the point where it becomes your way of life and is affirmed by others. Even within my own order, the calls can differ. We have Anglican Dominicans who are priests and Anglican Dominicans who are deacons. No bishops, unfortunately, yet, but we have many who are lay people. The current master of the order is not ordained. We are all preachers in one way or another, but how we preach varies. In postulancy, we learned about Dominicans who have preached by teaching school, by composing music, or by painting. Ever hear of a guy named Fra Angelico? Yeah, he was a Dominican friar. Look him up. And yet we are one in community and mission. And the problem is I've known Christians who thought that their calling was greater or more important than someone else's. This is most certainly something Paul would not have tolerated. In his first letter to the church in Corinth, immediately after he's talked about the various types of gifts the Holy Spirit can bestow, he goes on to say this in chapter 12. Indeed, the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot would say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. And if the ear would say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole body were hearing, where would the sense of smell be? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many members, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. The body must be one, or it simply can't function. In the same way, the church, the body of Christ, must be one, or it cannot function. Being called is not a contest. We are not meant to be all alike in our calling, except that our calls all come from the same place, the one spirit that Paul talks about. We are meant to be one. We must have the understanding to recognize that our own gifts are important to the body, but that no one gift is more important than any other gift. And that second part is where humility comes in. Recognizing the unity that we are to show in the world requires humility. Realizing that while our gift may be important, it is not more important than any other. God calls us to unity, 
requiring humility and acceptance of one another. And unity is not something that just happens. It takes work. Paul speaks of making every effort to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. Every effort. That means we must work at humility, never thinking we are more important than anyone else in order to maintain our unity, in order to stay one body. And we don't have to take Paul's word alone for all this, although, as you can see, Paul hits this idea in several of his letters. In John's Gospel, in the 17th chapter, the writer shows us one of Jesus' last prayers before he is crucified. He prays this, I ask not only on behalf of these, speaking of the apostles, but also on behalf of those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one. As you, Father, are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. God knits us together in one body. This is life together in the goodness of God, living in oneness and humility. There is one body and one spirit, there is one hope in God's call to us, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all. May God grant that we will have the humility to remain one body. Amen. Amen.